So, you think you got what it takes to be a burger waitress? Let's see your application. It's blank. <laughs> well, you got what it takes to be a burger waitress. Let's rock. Can I get a woman? Whoa! Oh, no Man Presents, live from the nudie bar, the Married with Children Podcast. And here are your hosts, Dan, Jamie, and Ash. Happy New Year! It is January 1st, 2020, and we have a show for you. Yeah, we are here in the Horsey Nudie Bar. My name is Al. Uh, Alex, we can't hear what you're saying. Ah, that's because I was thinking. (laughs) (laughs) Ah. (laughs) I'm Jamie. So this just might be the answer to my quest for the Holy Pale. My purpose is to pass on my experience and knowledge to the young. Wow, kind of like a burger and a side of wisdom, huh? <laughs> if you will. And I'm Dan, and who wants Bundy iced tea? Ooh, me, me. Ooh, me. Extra chunks, please. <laughs> yeah, we are reviewing Kelly Doesn't Live Here Anymore. When Al can't afford to pay the bills, he convinces Kelly to get a job, finding employment as a waitress at a burger joint. Kelly realizes why Peg has never worked a day in her life. Season 7, Episode 8, Original Air Date, November 8th, 1992. Director Amanda Burse. I noticed that. Yeah, is that where she was again? <laughs> yeah, right? She's busy directing. Behind the camera. Writer, Gabrielle Topping. (laughs) Special guest stars, the amazing, the legendary Brian Doyle Murray as Wayne, Kelly's boss. Charlotte Booker as Miss Parker. Lisa Robin Kelly as Carol. Aubrey Mazzola as Sandy. Burt L. Cook as customer. I knew it, Michael Faustino as kid. When, uh, when she tells off that Miss Parker and she leaves... Uh, that kid sitting at the at the counter is is Michael Faustino. I knew it when I saw. It. I just wanted to. I wondered uh, if it would show up here. You could tell by just by the way he looked. Oh yeah, because he was in he was in a big episode where uh, they go to a car wash. So that's when you really get a good look at him. Right. And there are other looks along the way. We've seen him a couple times, but but this just really stuck out as closer to the car wash look. Yeah. So the the title of this episode is a reference to the 1974 movie Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore. So there was a movie called Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore and a TV series based on that 1974 film. Alice is a sitcom from CBS uh, that aired from 76 to 85, and it was like a romantic comedy. So the TV show basically revolved around a lady who uh, moved in somewhere with her young son to start life over again. And she, like most of this whole thing revolves around her job where she works at Mel's Diner. And uh, now the original movie is a lot darker than the TV series. You guys know Alice, right? No. No. 
not at all in Wonderland. But Kiss My fun. Grits. That was flow. Kiss My Grits. Yeah, I've heard of that before. Oh, is that what that's from? I mean, I love the theme song. Jamie's so disappointed in us right now. Going through life with blinders on, it's tough to see. I had to get up, get out from under, and look for me. There's a nothing. Nothing, no. <laughs> that didn't ring that bell. Wow. All right. Well, anyway, Philip McKeon played her son, who was the brother of Nancy McKeon, and uh, who was Joe from Facts of Life. You take the good. Oh, that you know. Okay. <laughs> That's and I, know. I want to say that Philip McKeon just died uh, last week. What? Really? I'm pretty sure last week or the week before he just died, and he's in his 50s. So it's not he wasn't like really old or anything. Hmm. But that so that's kind of weird that yeah it died December 10th. Yeah. Wow. You know what really amazes me that Kevin McAllister's father is dead from Home Alone. <laughs> is he? Yeah. Oh, I just uh, watched. You know I just watched Home Alone. That that's that you know him as Kevin McAllister's dad. Okay, <laughs> John Heard. He did so many more things than that. Oh yeah, he did big. <laughs> and that was it. No. <laughs> Anyway, Alice is uh, Alice is an awesome show. I still watch it. It comes on um, like one of those retro TV channels, and I DVR it and I watch it all the time. It was a fun show. Nice. <laughs> she clicks on the DVR and it goes, "Are you sure?" <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, like my DVR is full of like Mama's Family and Alice and or it'll, go, it'll go again, Jamie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are you sure you want to record this series? Wait, Brian just goes through the DVR. He's like, ugh. <laughs> he's like, God, she'll watch anything. He's like, can we delete this now? And I'm like, no, those are my top eight favorite episodes of Mama's Family. I'm not getting That's rid of the them. finale. <laughs> well, in this show, Al paid the water bill, and it's time for the ribbon cutting ceremony. They have a, a red ribbon going across the sink. <laughs> Today is a great day for the Bundys. Daddy paid the water bill. <laughs> How do you do it, Al? As overseer of the vast Bundy fortune, I came up with a bold financial plan. I sold my blood. <laughs> uh, to pay the water bill, so now they could have water again. Doesn't that sound familiar, guys? Al selling his blood for money? Right. Uh, doesn't that sound like cheese cues and blood from season six? Yeah. Also sounds like an old roommate that I had once who used to sell her platelets. Oh, you told me that. Your roommate used to sell platelets. Yeah. Yeah, that takes a lot longer than just drawing your blood. Yeah. And it does. What is it, though? Platelets. So they, like, they they pull your blood out, and they they basically separate the platelets from the plasma. Is it? Okay. Yeah. It's like the it's like the little cell portion. Yeah. And they separate, and then they then they filter that out, and then they put the plasma back into your back into your bloodstream. Yeah. No. So this is weird because this just came up. I worked with like two people that do this several times a week. Yeah, it's <laughs> and, crazy. And they're trying to explain it to me, and they're like, "No, nah, man, like you can get like." you know, X amount of money for it, like, sometimes up to, like, 80 bucks. And I'm like, what? 
It is time to cut the ceremonial ribbon. Peg, there's someone who has been symbolically cutting things off for years. Can you do the honors? I declare this. The Al Bundy faucet, which, like its namesake, has been dry low these many months. Open. Okay, here we go. It's the water! It's the water! Oh, 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 oh. Oh, Al, it's so brown on the first day. And crunchy, too. Now, don't waste any of this stuff. This crunchy stuff is life-giving vitamins, minerals, and asbestos. <laughs> uh, well, the supposedly iced tea is actually coming out of this thing. <laughs> that's a bit of trivia. I assumed that's what it, because that's what it looked like to me. And if they were actually going to be drinking it, I assumed that uh, that's what it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, because Al seems to be drinking it, right? Right. Yeah, 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 for sure. Like, for real. Yeah, lucky indeed. I got lumpy water and you're the family that loves me. Who could ask for anything more? I could. (laughs) And I believe it's time for one of you ingrown toenails to get a job. So, can I have a volunteer? No one? Gee, really? Wait a second, something's missing. Pretend I have money. Everyone put their hands out. There's a hand missing. One of the hands are missing, and it's, of course, Kelly, who comes in with some badass leather jacket. That's cool. It's kind of like Kelly of old, in a way, you know? Mm-hmm. Like the cool right. chick again. So Kelly puts her hand in. Uh-oh, I'm late. <laughs> At the same time, they all pull their hand out for some reason. Congratulations, pumpkin. You just volunteered. I didn't even understand any of that, but I guess we're just not supposed to think about it, I guess. Right. It really doesn't make any sense. She didn't even argue, wait, how does this mean I volunteered? What are you talking about? Right, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I I didn't get that either. Yeah, that that was a weird one. There's a lot of things I didn't get about this episode. Come on, kid. This could get ugly. We're going to the park to pick up some chicks. You know the routine. Find a pretty girl, tell her I saved your life in Nam, and I no longer have any feelings left in my hands. The only thing that can bring it back is the touch of a beautiful woman. And that's woman. Let's not have any stupid mistakes like last week, okay? Hey, I'm six. You should know better. So should you. He was carrying a cat and singing show tunes, for God's sakes. Um, there's a million problems with that, of course, because, uh... Bud was, like, born when the Vietnam War was going on, and just ended, actually. And, uh, obviously, Seven, uh, a little too young. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I doubt the girls that he'd be talking to would know any better anyway. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Yeah. Or the guys he talks to for Bud. They're like, thank oh, yeah. you for your service. Uh, oh, yeah, right? <laughs> Yeah, again, he had absolutely nothing to do here at all. No. It's fascinating, really, at this point. (laughs) He has nothing to do. Yeah, it really is. It's become entertaining to me just to see how quickly they get him out of the episode and with what excuse. I wonder what they told the parents. I wonder if they broke it to him. Like, look, I'll be honest with you. Nobody likes this kid. 
Uh, we're going to keep you around. You're nice people, but um, well, and you have a contract, and you have that contract. They keep bringing up. Have an episode where they sell them off for medical experiments or something, and then right, or for the water bill. Yeah, yeah. Al can keep his blood. Al, don't do this to my baby. Oh my God, he's going to ask me to get a job. <laughs> So, uh, Kelly's scream when she realized that she's going to have to work is classic. I mean, that face and the scream is amazing. Yeah, that was good. It's just really funny. I mean, this is not the first time she's had a job. Not even the second time she's had a job. Right. Not even the third time she's had a job. <laughs> no, and that really is... I don't get it. Right, and when Peg has this little breakdown, it makes it even stranger. Yeah. Don't do this, Al. Throughout history, Wanger women have done nothing, and we're proud of it. Where we sat on pioneer couches at the backs of wagon trains. We slept late during Indian attacks and had our hair done while our husbands had their scalps. <laughs> you know, the West is speckled with graveyards, filled with the bodies of men who died before their time supporting Wanker women. Don't break the chain, Al. Don't break the chain. Uh, pumpkin, I have something that I have to tell you. Oh, my God. He is going to ask me to get a job. Ah! It's okay. Come yes, on, sit yes, down. Yes, there, 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 my little leech. There, there. <laughs> now, honey, let me explain this to you by telling you about the, uh, the plow horse that had to pull the heavy wagon. What was the horse's name, Daddy? Al. <laughs> the horsey in your story has your name, Daddy <laughs> Yes, he did, Pumpkin Anyway, he pulled and he pulled And then on the road, a big red cow jumped onto the cart Wouldn't it be funny if the cow's name was Peggy? <laughs> <laughs> and before he knew it, little horsey after little horsey jumped in the cart until poor Al collapsed in a heap and died a horrible twitching death. Yay! That was a good story, Dad. Indeed. But, honey, the story doesn't have to end that way. If a little horsey would help out, maybe the Al horse could save a few bucks and then go to the nudie horsey bar. <laughs> ah. So, in fact, your little story is just a thinly veiled allegory a metamucil if you will <laughs> to convince me by imagery to get a job how dental that it should come now when I've been so busy thinking about the emptiness of my existence I know I must have a greater purpose and it's like where was she kung fu land at the tv world theme park <laughs> because it's almost the same thing yeah not only are you reminding us that Kelly had a job already, but now you're actually almost remapping the exact, like, what revolved around her getting that TV land job. Right. And, and like you mentioned before, man, which is a, a big thing that, that stood out because of that, too, is where is this newfound hatred of jobs coming from Peggy? I mean, you know. In her position, she would be happy if any of the family members got a job but her, you know? It shouldn't be, like, a prideful thing. Like, she cares way more about money than she does leading a legacy of, of you know, family members that don't work. Right. 
You know what I mean? It's just it just seems odd. Like, where did that come from? Like, what that wasn't around during the first job or the second job, right? Or well, the third. Well, she you know? did say a job like that one time when Kelly was going to get the other job. And I mentioned this episode. I said, well, watch one day she's going to have this weird breakdown about the whole thing. Like, it's a big deal. Meanwhile, oh, yeah, they're ignoring what's happening here. So you think it was she was pushed to her breaking point? This was a progression over many. No, it's like she forgot all the rest of the jobs. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> the Bundy bounce, the music video, the um, theme park reader, the verminator. Now this. I might even be missing another one. Wasn't there the fast food place where, or am I thinking of a different No, that's show? Peg and uh, Al both worked at a fast you're food You're thinking place. of uh, Don't Tell oh. Mom. No, you're thinking of uh, a corn dog. Uh, what's his yeah. name? Brian at the... <laughs> no. Maybe I should get a job. <laughs> no, 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 red cow. <laughs> Sweetheart. All I can tell you is you're going to love work. I do. <laughs> I really don't. I <laughs> also thought it was cute when she said, that's a good story, Daddy. That was my favorite right there, yeah. So Kelly's wait, uh, applying for a job at the as a burger waitress. She's sitting on a, the spinning chairs at the counter, and she's blowing straw wrappers off the straws <laughs> onto the restaurant floor. Her future boss comes out, who is Brian Doyle Murray. I mean, this guy is unbelievable, man. Like, he's one of those weird, like, character actors where... And he's alive today, thank God. He was born yeah. in 1945 oh, on, on Halloween night, believe it or not. Ooh. That makes him even cooler. <laughs> he's one of those weird guys where every single thing he is in, I think he's amazing. Yeah. Uh, Give me somebody. And get me somebody while I'm waiting. <laughs> yeah, his big thing for people on a yearly basis is National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. He's Mr. Shirley. He's in Caddyshack. He's in JFK, Ghostbusters 2. He had his own show with Chris Elliott called Get a Life, which I was a fan of growing up. And my sister has a nickname that she has called me since that show aired like probably like in 1992 for some reason we watched this one episode where an alien comes down and chris <laughs> elliott befriends it the alien the episode's called spewy and me <laughs> so for some reason my sister has called me spewy for i guess 25 <laughs> years oh that's cute to this day yeah 27 years actually yeah yeah like wow. even on my christmas card it says Dear Spewy. <laughs> All from this one... And I don't think she cared that much. Like, I'm not even sure how this happened. But all I know is I, for some reason, recorded that episode. And I guess I said, you have to see this. I was only a 12-year-old kid. And and what are the odds that your 16-year-old sister, who's, like, popular and stuff, would I even listen to you? But somehow she watched it with me. And this name Spewy just stuck with her. <laughs> and that's what I've been called for 27 years now. That is hilarious. And you were totally that kid that always wanted somebody to watch something, weren't you? <laughs> Sometimes. Like, not you, all see, you have to see this. You have to watch I you do that now, though. Totally... Well, that's why most... I think you did it then. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I got Dan to watch Trancers. 
Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll never get that hour and a half back. Uh, no, I recognize him uh, more from Wayne's World. Oh, that's who? Yeah, he's in Wayne's World and Caddyshack. He's like the uh, the head of all the caddies. And, yeah. Dude, I'm going to say something that's totally probably, you know, one of those things where you say, uh, has no one said ever? Uh-oh. I am more of a fan of him than Bill Murray. Really? Oh, yeah. I like his work more than Bill Murray. And I wow. I love Bill Murray's whole demeanor and this whole, like, you know... I think they both actually have that same demeanor with their characters. But I'm not a, a, as much of it. Like, for example, the Christmas movie, Bill Murray, the Scrooge or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I just did a podcast on it. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's that good. And I don't think Ghostbusters is good. Another... Oh, I, I do love What About Bob. I think that's really good. But a lot of Bill Murray's headlining He movies. is so good in Scrooge. He, was, he picks up the kid. Here, you beat him. <laughs> like, he is so good in that movie. I guess. Maybe it just doesn't connect with me. But for some reason, this guy does. I was just telling Brian yesterday that I am not a big fan. No? Of that movie. No. But I do love Bill Murray, though. Like, I love Meatballs and Stripes. Like, his early stuff. Oddly enough, uh, like, a couple months ago, as I was leaving Bill Murray's restaurant, uh, Richard Dreyfus passed me. And he was walking in. Wow. Did you say, like, what about Bob? Yeah. <laughs> right? Baby, baby, baby step oh my to God. the elevator. That's so weird that you just said that because, like, he was walking. Like, he's old. You know what I mean? So he was kind of taking baby steps. Oh, my God. That's crazy. <gasps> wow. Then I probably wouldn't have said that to him then. <laughs> well, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So, you think you got what it takes to be a burger waitress? Let's see your application. It's blank. (laughs) Well, you got what it takes to be a burger waitress. So, is there any training that I have to do? Well, let's see. Do you know what a plate looks like? Excellent. You know what a table looks like? Excellent. Now, you take one to the other. Do you know which one? Well, the table would be too heavy to take to the plate. Ergo, as Shakespeare said, the plate's the thing. And Kelly has to sit there and process this whole thing out <laughs> to actually come up, like, process the logic of the situation to give an answer. Right. <laughs> I was yeah, proud have, of her, though. She got it all right. right. Yeah, she did. Uh, have you guys ever had, like, a job where you're just starting and the people that are supposed to be, like, training you just aren't, like, at all? Kind of like this. Like, oh, yeah, 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 just uh, do that. Like, wait, What? Yeah, sort of. Yeah, yeah. I I've had that happen a lot. Where it's just like you're gonna you're gonna put this person in charge of training me when they have no incentive to do so. You're not gonna hike up their pay or whatever. You're just like you're supposed to shadow this person, and then they just completely disregard like everything they're supposed to be doing. Ah, I've been barely trained for plenty of jobs. 
But uh, I guess with this one, it's like, well, what what training do you need? It's like, well, you're bringing food to a table. I mean, what what would you expect them to tell you? Right. There is a lot of training involved with being a waitress. I know I used to have to train them. Oh, so you were the trainer. Yes. And every job I've ever had, no matter what I was doing, I've always ended up training somebody. And I hate it. Right. I hate training people. But it's because I'm so damn good at everything. And they just cannot grasp it the way you do. You should do (laughs) podcast training. (laughs) Start Uh start charging for it. Yeah. Yeah. And well, especially nowadays, more so than back then, I guess, because you have like the the computer system that they have to use. And that really involves most of the training. But, but, you know, you got to teach them how to stack plates if you work in a place where people carry plates on their arm, you know, or oh, if they work, no. they carry trays. You have to show them how to properly carry a tray. And trust me, if you don't train them, you're asking for a mess. I, have you ever dropped any? No, I have never dropped anything. Right. Did they, yeah, did they, so they really trained you on how to carry a plate? Yeah. Um, because there's a perfect, there's a specific way that you have to, no, I don't do this anymore because I don't wait tables anymore, but, um, I'm just putting that out there. Um, <laughs> but, um, there's a specific way that you have to put, that you have to lay your hand and put, like rest the first plate on your hand properly so that the rest of it will balance, and then you can carry plates all the way up your arm. I stack them all the way up my arm. That's the worst thing you could do, because when you get to the table, what if you have to get the third one up off to give it to a guy, and now you have these other ones in front? It's just not... And what if you burn yourself? That's who. And what if, like, the gravy drips off at the angle, and... This is a nightmare. Well, this is all This is all part of being good at what you do. Wow, because I could never do it. If you stack them properly, you stack them in the order that you're going to take them off. So, like, you know, when I get to the table, I'm going down the line. And so I know what comes off first. But I can also carry four glasses with one hand. And not the way Kelly did. Yeah, no, I don't put my hand down in there like Kelly did. I'm talking from the bottom. You don't put your fingers in the drink? No. (laughs) (laughs) But I can carry four glasses from the bottom in one hand. Stack three bowls of soup on my arm. What? I don't believe that. I'd quit. I'd quit. I'd, I'd quit oh. two hours in. I'd be like, <laughs> I can't get test with octu- octopus salmons over there. <laughs> yeah. like, Look, I didn't expect. I never expected anyone to be able to do that. I would just say, listen, I'll come back for the other soup. You don't have to do all this. <laughs> and you can back. do that. You can you could totally do that. You do whatever's comfortable for you. I never <laughs> expected anyone to do all the stuff that I did. But the thing is, if you because people will walk in and they'll just they'll just try to pick up pick up a plate and then stack plates on top of that while they're holding their hand all want and it'll never work. It'll it's gonna hit the floor. I guarantee you. So you have to know what you're doing. You know, wow. and talking about all this just reminded me. This whole thing about Peg pointing out this whole thing through history about the wanker women not working, Peg herself worked at the clock store right. in season one, and she worked at Burger Trek. <laughs> yeah. And, of course, the ones I mentioned to Kelly already with the Verminator and everything else, so both of them worked. I feel mm-hmm. like Peg had another job, too. but I Right? Oh, didn't she sell makeup as she was buying it all herself? 
Oh, oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so she's yep. had jobs. It's just the weirdest thing ever. I don't know. I guess it's go with it again, you know? Mm-hmm. This is a very go with it show. And, of course, the continuity breaks down as we have to keep going. You know, maybe they didn't expect the show to be so successful. So, you know, normally a show runs for about five, six seasons if it's really lucky. They probably didn't think they'd have to, like, not retread over old continuity and break it. They wanted an episode where Kelly worked, and they thought it would be funny if Peg didn't like it and did this whole speech. Do you subscribe to that, or are you just being nice? No, I'm, it, it is what it is. I mean, this isn't a show. You know, we like to build a world around it and try to make it all work. Right. But it's just not possible for a lot of reasons, and this is just another one. You know. Yeah. No, I, I and I know what you mean by that though, because it it almost can't be held to certain standards as like other shows as far as continuity and stuff, because it's almost like who cares? It's not like anybody's gonna talk about this ever podcast. Or they thought that too, you know? And like <laughs> by the time people read What's a podcast. <laughs> they probably think a casual person isn't really that obsessed. It's just it's a different world today. I think today they would definitely make sure that something this big on an episode is not completely flawed. But, but we yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Back then it just wasn't like that. And we talk about it all the time and especially now how TV is now and everything. Um is it is it really necessary for them to have the continuity, you know? I mean, with us it it doesn't seem to really impede on any of our ratings when we're rating no but you know what i'm saying so it's like it's almost like who cares you I would know never because... take points away from this episode because of that that flaw no exactly but but you would on a show like uh like let's just say all of a sudden you find out oh no uh at the last episode jack's teller uh you know his dad wasn't really his dad it's his stepdad oh, I would hate this that. other guy do you know what i'm saying like it's like wait a minute like that that just doesn't make any sense like with a show with a show like this it's just completely exactly it's exactly what's happening and it's like uh, the episode's good okay and then you gotta say to yourself well you just sacrificed everything we saw already with these two get having jobs so is it worth it is this episode rounded out well enough and everything works well enough and it pays off well enough sort of you know when peg comes back at the end or whatever um that i'll go with this little thing sure it was good enough and as encapsulating the episode itself this all works really well. The the joke comes before everything. Continuity be damned. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you are a fine. Feel good about yourself, Missy. You have chosen a profession in which many great Americans have rotted away their youth. <laughs> now, smile. What was that for? That's a before picture. <laughs> Except it, I wish it had. I wish it had paid off in some way. Like, I would like right. to have seen some after photos. I thought it was. Yeah, I thought that was gonna be the the uh, end kind of tag right at the end of the episode. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But I mean, like, I wanted like some past like waitresses. Like. Right. What? Because you know what would inspire him to do that? So clearly, there have been some instances that would inspire him to do a before and after i just thought it'd be funny to see some 
Yeah, like if uh, if he said that, did that, then they panned across the wall and there were a bunch of before and afters of old waitresses. Yeah, exactly. Right, right, right. Well, we do have an after picture, oddly enough, but it's Al posing with Kelly, <laughs> and she looks fine. <laughs> so um, we get a montage of the customers banging with their forks and knives on the tables like a cartoon. <laughs> it's a disaster. Kelly's dropping plates in front of customers. She's she's putting uh, her fingers in the drinks to pick them up and then just drops the glasses in front of people that are spilling over. <laughs> the ice cream, as soon as she comes out, it's on her dress and on the floor. She wipes it up with her hands and, like, smears it back into the ice cream tray. And <laughs> oh, the, the ketchup. The ketchup thing was the worst. Oh. Yeah, now, this was just all over me. It was running all over me. It was driving me nuts. These are right. things you do where they can't see you. <laughs> <laughs> Oops, we are. We almost had to switch to the 10-second rule. Oh. <laughs> like, literally, yeah, right. Literally, she... He says he's showing an empty ketchup bottle, so she walks over and, and rings out her her waitress oh. uniform oh, oh. into his burger. It was absolutely amazing. It was probably one of the best <laughs> montages right? I've ever seen in my life. Um, well, and let's not forget what comes right after that, though, with the sandwich. Oh, yeah. Well, f- so she turns around, spits a hot dog at a customer. <laughs> Wait, okay. Right there. That's totally on the boss. Like, she was turned around facing him. So he basically co-signed. Like, he, he must have put it there. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, well, yeah, because how could she pick it up otherwise? That's what I'm that's a, so it's like, it's it's almost on him just as well. Just, you know, like, you would think he'd care about his customers. But he's just okay with stuffing the hot dog in her mouth and go go for it, kid. Amazing. He put it in her <laughs> mouth to serve it that way. So one time we were at this Wobble House and Uh my friend had ordered a cheeseburger. And when it came to the table, there was no cheese. So she said, and she was nice about it. And she's like, you know, um, she's like, could I get some cheese? The waitress goes back to the back, picks up a slice of cheese. No. And just brings it over and slaps it on top of her burger. And she's like, there. I'm like, oh "Oh my God. What? Oh my god! I did she eat she it? Did. I believe she did, but um, she didn't tip her. But Good. I was like, why would you? First of all, she wasn't being rude. Like my right. friend was being. I would never allow that anyway. I don't. I can't stand it when people are rude to wait staff. And but so she, but she never would have been anyway. She was a nice person, so she wasn't being rude. She asked nicely. She did order it originally. I was sitting right there. I heard her. And she, but it wasn't like she was being accusatory about it. And like, mm-hmm. hey, bitch, you left off my cheese. It was like, hey, can, I, can I get some Could cheese on my burger? Maybe. So, little... well, exactly. Like, you bring it to the table with just your bare hands. And right. then when you slap it on the burger, there's no way it's going to melt. Like, no. what do you, how do you think that any of that is okay? Well, yeah, right. right. I just, Even if you served it originally like that, I wouldn't like it. I'd say, how come this cheese isn't melted at all? It's cold. Right. I I I I experienced this somewhat recently too. But you know what I was thinking of, and this is like a very underrated perspective. But you know what the worst I think out of anything is is when you go out to eat with people that are being rude. 
to oh, the staff. It's the worst. Oh yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you're so embarrassed, and you're like looking at them, like you're trying to make eye contact, like please. Yeah, with the waiter, say, "Look, it's not me, man." Yeah, please don't spit on my burger, like <laughs> you know. First like, of all, we don't do that. But second of all, <laughs> we know. Yeah, we can tell. <laughs> well, uh, what do you think when Kelly served that pie? That was fascinating. <laughs> and they're looking at her. They're watching her do it, and nobody says a word. They seem right. to want it, even regardless of right. what's happening. And but the, of course, none of them eventually eat any of this. They just look and complain about all of it. Right. So it is just amazing. Uh, and then she throws the hoagie across the room. Oh, and that was the greatest though, because she did kind of the L throw. She did the Al Bundy pose thing, right? Yeah, and, and everybody cheered, and I loved that. Like, that was one of my favorite moments of the episode because it literally, it literally resembled it so much. And, and then everybody started cheering, and, and it, yeah, it was a great moment. Uh, um, and at that point, there's a point where when she's done doing that, the look of her and everything, that's when you take the after. I thought the guy was going to swing around the door and take the after picture mm-hmm. because that's when she looked horrified at her job and what her life has become. Right. That would have been funny. Yeah, that would have been the perfect time. Then he could, like, wink at her and thumbs up and walk back into the room. Cause, and then know that, you know, that's... And then, like, have him put it next to the first picture that's on the wall or something. You know, it would just be, like, good. But, yeah, they didn't really... Jamie's right. They didn't really um, capitalize on that, but... Hey. What is Hargan her? That's hamburger. <laughs> the H is silent. <laughs> A literal. <laughs> Well, I assume flies means fries. Now, what is this? Two balls and a chick quacker. That's two balls of chicken soup and, uh, quackers. Well, ugh on my face, eh? Well, uh, listen, I just want to tell you, you're the stupidest girl I've had working with. And that says a lot. That says an awful lot. In fact... You are one whopping moron. <laughs> so, uh, want to go out with me later? I would rather stick my nose in the deep fryer. That is, if there's enough room for it with the mouse in there. Hey, I worked an hour to get half of that out of there. <laughs> was anybody else thinking about Beavis and Butthead? Uh, this, oh, my oh. God. I was going to talk about that. Mouse burger and French, French flies. flies. That's one of the greatest episodes ever because Beavis puts it in. He's like, cook, cook, cook. <laughs> and then he's like, uh, he's like, wow, this is good. And, and then he goes, I'll be back later. And he's like, <laughs> he's going to eat a fried mouse. <laughs> yeah. And he's coming back later. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> and that was like the greatest episode ever. I think it was called. Did you just play a clip? I know, right? That was so good, dude. <laughs> oh, thanks. Wow, that was weird. That was so seamlessly good. did both voices. Like, right? Like, he didn't even take a breath between them. That was weird. <laughs> that was so good, dude. At first, I thought Dan had jumped in and finished right. it. Like, finished it. I thought I did, too. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Dan's like, no, I was thinking. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but now now that mouse though does come back later on in the episode oh god yeah it's so great it looks like a (laughs) mouse's tail 
Besides, the people seem to like it. We call them Cajun fries. By the way, we're almost out. Could you set a couple of traps and set them on stun? They stay fresher. Oh, oh. Done. It keeps them fresh. Oh, like wow! Oh my God! So this is just all great so far. And um, Alan Jefferson come in, and Al's so proud of Kelly. He wants to take a picture with her. There she is. There's my little girl, the first Bundy woman to have ever worked. Jefferson, get a picture of me and my little girl in her place of. Work. <laughs> okay. Say domain. Now, the definition of domain is any group of amine compounds of unpleasant taste and odor formed in putrefying animal and vegetable matter and formerly thought to cause food poisoning. So, basically, the context is say food poisoning, but he said domain. <laughs> like, <laughs> How weird that <laughs> and like some things some words that people know like I've never heard that word before this ever <laughs> never heard of tomain poisoning Marissa tomain maybe Hey, didn't you take my picture once when I was on a pleasure cruise? I think I was with Florence Henderson <laughs> You think if I was really that good-looking guy from the love boat I'd be doing this <laughs> No, I'd be rich Another picture, Captain? Yep. Uh, I mean, Fonzie? Uh, Al? Brian Doyle Murray was not on Love Boat, but obviously Florence Henderson was a number of times. Obviously, Ted McGinley was on Love Boat. Uh, he played the character Ace Covington Evans from season 7 through 9. On Happy Days, he was Roger Phillips, starting in season 7. God, that was the best thing Jefferson's whole little scene right there was so right? good. It was great. So and the only good. thing missing was a Revenge of the Nerds reference. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, that was so good. The weird thing about it, he did the same exact bunch of jokes on the episode um The T V Land episode. Right. Yeah, Goodbye Girl. Where and so these are the only two episodes he did this. Yep. And they're, they're both Kelly having a job. Right. Oh. It's almost like they're dying to remind us of that episode. <laughs> and also, you're trying to make believe Kelly never worked. So I, I don't get that. But it's funny how they chose to do that both times. So I'll bet. Okay. I think I've solved it. Here's the thing. In season seven, we got seven. So... They are rehashing a lot of the old jokes for the flood of new viewers that they have (laughs) because of seven. That's true. (laughs) He comes with ratings. Yeah, I mean, he's blowing it out of the water. (laughs) We've got all these numbers now. It's got to be because of the kid. All right. Let's 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 throw him a bone. Let's give him a little something. Yeah. So like we have to now we have this whole new audience. We got to tell all of our best stuff in there. Yeah. So uh, that was sarcasm out there, by the way, for anyone who loves to take things incredibly literally. (laughs) (laughs) So Al wants a picture of Kelly's first tip, and then he wants a picture of him stealing Kelly's first tip. (laughs) I loved Al's whole personality here. It was like really fun. I did too. Yeah, it was. It was cute. 
it was kind of like just seeing him in a different element in a weird way. Right. You know? <laughs> Let's go, Jefferson. I'll bet you can't wait till your firstborn gets a job. Yeah, I'd like to think by the time my first kid is born, I'll have already been gone eight months. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good plan. How long does it take to give birth to an, a chicken egg? <laughs> How long do chick, do eggs sit inside of a chicken before it's, it pops out? Like, probably less than a day, since they can lay them every day, right? Oh, do they? That's what I would think. Yeah, they, right? yeah, they lay every... every I don't know. <laughs> Those things are formed in a day? Yeah. And they just pop out? And then how long do they take to hatch after that? Well, uh-huh. I'll tell you. When I used to work at the lab, we... <laughs> got a job for everything i know you're like homer simpson you had a like 800 jobs <laughs> i would say probably a couple weeks oh wow right? for yeah. them to be fully formed and hatch okay wow it's time for no man to take a little break in the jiggly room i'm the dj and i'm gonna play a little bit of music that was on this week's episode of Mary with children This is a whole thing. It's another scared straight joke. Uh, Same joke as uh, Rites of Passage in season six. To demonstrate, I give you the form of the queen of our high school. She was so pretty and so popular, and she dated all the male teachers, and my husband, and my boyfriend, who was only 16, but God, did he earn that A. Anyway, she learned nothing in five years of high school, and you worshipped her for it. It's really interesting, um, this whole scene, and I'm not putting down anybody who was a waitress or waiter or whatever, but the way they paint this picture, the same way they paint Al selling shoes, and obviously not every shoe salesman thought of themselves as like the worst job on earth until this show came out, it really did kind of, it was kind of jarring, like... You used to know her as Kelly Bundy, but now she answers to the name she'll carry for the rest of her life. Hey, waitress! (laughs) It is Kelly Bundy! We've got to get to the library! And then she turned around and dropped all the food everywhere. And the the way the girl screamed in horror and ran for the library, (laughs) it's almost like that stuff almost seems like it would work on me to, like, 
like, wow, this seems horrible. Like, this must be like a really bad job and it looks dreadful and all this other stuff. And the way the customers just like yelling at you, hey, waitress, like, oh, God, I have to deal with that if I don't study and everything or whatever. And it would work on me to make me like study more until my laziness kicked back in and I went back to normal. But like for a second, that would actually be kind of jarring. (laughs) I mean, it is a horrible, horrible job. I hated it all the time. But you can make good money, you know? I mean, so, like, the money's good, but it is the worst. <laughs> I seriously had PTSD from wow. from some customers. Like, it just, it's, people treat you so, so bad. They treat you just horribly. I, I just, some people do it, like, for life. They've, I've worked with women who've been doing it for 40 plus years, and they love it. Like, they wow. just, they actually love what they do. That is a special kind of person. (laughs) (laughs) A flow. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't stand it. I just, I had to get, I had to get out. I had to get out. (laughs) So the teacher who's uh, walking these kids through this thing, like I said, is Miss Parker. That's Charlotte Booker, who starred in the short-lived comedy Hi, Honey, uh, I'm Home, as Honey Nielsen. It ran from 91 to 92, only uh, 13 episodes. The Nielsens, named after the Nielsen ratings, are a family of fictional characters from a 50 sitcom that was canceled. And they were relocated to the real world New Jersey suburb in 91, which is different from the world they know. They use a device called the Turnerizer, named after Ted Turner, to switch between color and black and white within their home. And uh, Mike Duff, the teenage son of the family next door, is the only real-world person who knows their secret. And I feel like this show was influenced by Married with Children because it was a spoof on the 1950s sitcoms and put those characters into new real-world modern scenarios and showed how imperfect the world is. Uh, Unfortunately, it was a traditional sitcom in the sense that they had the hugging moment at the end of every episode. Uh, I feel like the movie Pleasantville from 98 was inspired by the sitcom. I love that movie. Well, Miss Bundy, now that you're a waitress, I'd like to give you a tip. Stay away from my new husband. He's 18 and still peeking. (laughs) And then once they cut back to Kelly, she has that face that she always has when the wheels are turning and creating an insult to Bud usually. Yep. You do you know you just look, the look on her face, you just look at her and you see an insult coming right back at somebody who just got done talking to her. Well he'd have to peek. He wouldn't want to look at it dead on. Is she saying it's like a situation where it looks like Arby's, or is she's what is she saying? Like the whole thing, or what? What's happening here? <laughs> yeah. So at this point, you can see Bud Bundy's uh, real life brother at the counter when this lady walks away after this insult. I'm hungry. You know the rules. Never eat until your sister gets home. They act like they're not going to eat till she gets home as if they're waiting for her. But no, they're just waiting for the food she's going to bring. <laughs> now eat! <laughs> Man, look at the grease on this bag! Huh? Always the sign of a fine restaurant! <laughs> Never mind, get it in there. <laughs> oh, man. 
how much some guy left over from his hamburger. <laughs> the sap. <laughs> that made me want to vomit. Oh, right. Wasn't that so gross? And he was so excited about it. Like, Kelly didn't even get the leftover food that stayed under the hot lamp. She gave them food that came off of tables that were not finished. <laughs> well, these fries are delicious. Look, this one's curly like a mouse's tail. <laughs> I want my mommy. Where is she? Well, your mother's kind of sad about something. I don't know what it's about. I didn't ask her because then she'd tell me. <laughs> Peg comes from upstairs dressed for a funeral. Say hello to your daughter. I don't have a daughter. If I had a daughter, she would never work. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the sorrow. This song has been sung a couple times on Married with Children, actually. In the episode... A Dump of My Own. Peg and the kids sang it to Al because he kept complaining about everything. So they're like, nobody Ooh. knows the trouble I've seen. You know, they're like being sarcastic, like get out the violin. Yep. And now Peg's doing it. And I know Al did it again in like episode uh, or season six. I remember pointing that out that he did that there too. Um, so yeah, they keep on doing that with this, this show. Hey, food! <laughs> she gets all excited, so... She's starting to warm up to this idea. Daddy, I'm thinking of quitting my job. Oh, no! <laughs> you can't quit your job? And I say that not because I'm giddy with nutrients and starting to get some feeling back in my right foot. It goes much deeper than that. Well, then why? For one reason, Pumpkin. Because Bundys are losers, not quitters. And I like to think... That I recognize a little bit of loser in you. Oh, Daddy. <laughs> so that's it, then. I'm a waitress. Oh, God. So, Pumpkin, you always thought you were meant for something more, didn't you? Yes. Me, too. <laughs> but we weren't. <laughs> the next day, Kelly is now playing up the whole, um... Waitress, typical waitress thing. So Kelly dresses up like the Flo, Polly Holiday character, and banters with uh, her boss in the way Flo would, you know, have exchanges with uh, Mel, who was played by Vic Tabak. Oh, I know you guys. For Look. Because you're not familiar with the TV show. Ooh. Polly Holiday played Mrs. Deagle in Gremlins. Deagle, oh. Deagle, Deagle, Deagle. Or a little, that way you can have a little reference. Oh, look at that. Nice. Well, Kelly's name tag said Bertha for some reason. I don't know what that was all about, but. Hey, Bundy. Want to go to a movie with me later? Maybe. What's playing? Hot buttered me. (laughs) That's a good one. Oh my god. What am I saying? What did I almost just do? Jamie, did this whole thing she was this whole flow character Kelly was doing here, did this not remind you of Brenda Walsh on 90210? Oh yes. The Lavoine character she did? Yeah, and I hate that episode. 
<laughs> I do. I absolutely hate it. I hated it when it aired. I've hated it every time I've watched it, and I hate it now. I just, she annoys me so much. As Lavoine? As Lavoine, yeah. When Ugh. And it's just everybody loves it, and people are flocking to the peach pit because, and I'm just like, oh, stop. It just, <laughs> ugh, it's the worst. It is so bad. Yeah. I hate it. That's great. Yeah, this is so Lavoine. Um, and I think 90210 definitely did it first. I think it was like season one or two, tops. So, yeah. Well, it, I'll, I will say they did it better. I don't think... Kelly, for me, didn't sell this. Right. Like, she didn't sell the accent. She didn't sell... Like, the way she was doing her gum didn't look... Just, it just didn't work for me. Like, none of it worked for me. I didn't believe it. So Brenda had more time in character too. Kelly only did this for about two minutes. That's true. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking too. Right. She just started. So yeah. Brenda, or I should say, um, Shannon probably put a lot more effort and time into this than Christina did to do these two minutes. So, you know, she just did the general thing here. So she almost went on a date with her boss just by going, getting into this whole character that she's doing right now. Right. And she's horrified that she almost did that. What have I become? What is to become of me? What am I sitting in? What is the meaning of life? What is being and nothingness? Why is everyone staring at me? Well, that's right. Because when I talk like this, people can hear me. When I talk like... People don't hear me. I have to remember that. Hi, honey. I came to tell you that I have forgiven you for the terrible thing you've done. You mean working? No, we don't have to say that word. <laughs> Just save that kind of bad language for when you're hanging around street corners with the boys. It's enough to say a mother forgives. <laughs> oh, great hair. <laughs> no, 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 honey. What you're doing now is thinking. Uh, when thinking makes sounds in your throat, then you're talking. Uh, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. You weren't supposed to. I was thinking. <laughs> oh, you have really grown up. And Kelly sees that as being witty. <laughs> to talk to somebody where they can't hear you, so they have to ask you about it. And then you let them know, oh no, I was just thinking. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> like how dumb. Wait, Jamie, no, did you no. did you get turned on though when uh, she said he said do you want to go to a movie with me? And she says what's playing and he says hot buttered me. No, and I didn't even get it. Yeah, no, we got it. <laughs> I know I get what he's saying. I don't get it. to me it wasn't funny. I'll say. Like it would have been funny if it'd been like a play on words or like an actual movie title, but well, it's a play on putting butter on popcorn, I guess. Well, you don't say, like, she wouldn't say what's playing, and then you'd say hot butter popcorn. Right. So, that doesn't work. Yeah, is that what it was a play off of? I didn't get that. Hey, listen, I'm trying here. Yeah, I did. I did. It's not funny, is is the thing. And, um, <laughs> and she's funny. like, that's a good one. Good one. No, it's not. It's a very flow and mail type of exchange, I guess, right? Uh, No, not really. <laughs> I mean, they would have exchanges or whatever, but it was not like that. Like, it, no, their exchanges were funny. Oh, okay. Well, it's definitely different then. 
Excuse me, aren't you Kelly Bundy? Actually, I'm her younger sister. Wow, you must have had a wild life. <laughs> Not lately. Uh, I'm Kelly Bundy. Wow, you must have had a wild life. Not lately. Now, as life would have it, the person who's who's accusing other people yeah. of having a wild life and them looking terrible for it. Uh, well, Dan, why don't you fill us all in? Who is this young lady? Well, it's the girl from uh, that 70s show. It's the older sister. Now, the first thing that got me was the time difference. Like, what's that, a 10-year difference or so? Uh, when she started on that show uh, and she played the old sister and then she just disappeared off of that 70s show Lisa Robin Kelly yeah yes and then she reappeared like via TMZ photos and she just looked like hell so yeah that line is very ironic very ironic oh, in 98 she started that show but then um, but then even after that uh, she like checked into rehab and then died at like a pretty young age, forty three, forty three. Yeah, so that's pretty young. So, so yeah, that that was like a big thing. That was a big to do with that seventy show. But she was playing the same age that she was as a character on that show, only ten years earlier. So, no, it was like six years. So yeah, six years different. Yeah. Um, she unfortunately, when she said, "Boy, you had a wild life." Yeah, uh, that's an understatement for this chick. Um, right. Who said it? Uh, because her life was turmoil. Like literally, like you look at these pictures and you can't believe that she's even alive. Well, she right. had like DUI arrests, like four and three years or something like that. I don't know. She was arrested for spousal abuse, mm-hmm. among other things. But like, she was clearly a volatile person. Oh, and you could kind of see that on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, or I, maybe I just see it because I know it. And she comes back to Married with Children in Breaking Up is Easy to Do Part 1 as uh, oh, really? Heather Talrico. And, well, here, here's the weird thing also. Um, yeah, if you want to look up more, it's a tragic story. Lisa, Rob, and Kelly, look her up and <clears throat> you'll see more about that. What's really crazy is Tina Caspery, who played Kelly in the unaired pilot, plays one of the girls in the Scared Smart program. And she's screaming at the idea of being Kelly Bundy. How weird is that? <laughs> that is weird. You think that was uh, on purpose? I don't know. They probably just said, "Well, we could have you. We could have you in for a few bit parts." Right. I don't know if they were being that profound. And of course, there's no reason to scream if you are lucky enough to be in Christina Applegate's shoes. Right. I mean, exactly. God, I'd kill for that. I'd kill even more to be in her bed. But <laughs> so what can I do for you? Well, you were always my idol. I thought you might help me. See, I've been grounded and I've got this big party to go to and every kid in town with a tattoo is going to be there. Ah, the Rodriguez affair. Yeah. <laughs> but I can't go. And if I don't, I'll be socially dead. You must go. Mom, she's grounded and it is wrong to openly defy your parents. <laughs> You're going to have to sneak out. (laughs) But what if they check my room? Well, before you sneak out, just tell your mother that she's starting to look like your father. And then tell your father that it's that time of the month and you've got cramps and you want to talk. 
Believe me, no one's gonna check your room, talk to you, or look at you for days. Wow, you're a genius! How do you know all this? How does the turkey know how to fly? <laughs> he just knows. And that is a more profound statement for、um, Kelly's future, actually, because number one, her saying that proves that she doesn't know anything, because turkeys cannot fly, and two. <laughs> Two, it's interesting because she says that, and in season eleven, Kelly shoves a turkey out of a second-story window to help it escape. <laughs> Ultimately, it just, you know, falls and breaks its neck because <laughs> it doesn't fly, and that's like a big、uh, part of the episode. <laughs> and、uh, so, Kelly continues in life to not know that turkeys can't fly. So this is proof that that was totally legitimate when she did that later on. I'm so proud of you. Why? Well, two reasons. First of all, during all this, these people have been starving for food, and you've just ignored them. <laughs> I think I see a little bit of Peggy in you. <laughs> and the second thing, honey, is I think you have finally found your calling. Why, this diner is like a husband to you. It gives you shelter and money, and you you don't have to do anything to earn either. <laughs> So this just might be the answer to my quest for the holy pail. <laughs> my purpose is to pass on my experience and knowledge to the young, serving a burger with a side of wisdom, if you will. <laughs> It's nice to know that despite the fact that you've got parents and teachers and brothers and sisters and friends and guidance counselors, policemen and priests, that there is somebody that you can go to when you need help, <laughs> and that someone is Kelly Bundy. Philosopher waitress. Hey, where's my food? Drop dead. <laughs> And stay in school. So now all the scared straight girls come back for advice. And the first joke is so lame. Like I'm, I'm really depressed that such a good episode with such strong writing has like a few of those clunkers. Okay, I'm going to answer your questions in order. Sandy, always bring a toothbrush because you can cheat on your boyfriend, but not on your gums. Like that? Seriously? Right. That's what you wrote? <laughs> yeah. The other one is semi good only because it's edgy. Miss Parker, if you insist on going out with 18-year-olds, have enough sense to bring along your own protection. <laughs> Safety is everyone's responsibility. Right. Well, that that one I didn't mind. Right. But yeah, that first one was cringeworthy. Like I can't imagine anybody that would just be like, "Oh my god, that wow, banger!" Oh, that's really good. Yeah. Okay. It was horrible. Really bad. And all this stuff is very reminiscent of season three, episode twelve, "My Mom, the Mom," where、uh, when Peg teaches the class how not to work. She went to the the school and sat on the couch and taught all the girls in the classroom how not to do anything in life, and now it's Kelly's turn to give advice instead of Peg. Right. Thank, Thank you. you. Good luck, girls. So Kelly walks over, bumps the jukebox with her butt, much like very reminiscent of Fonzie. Who was mentioned、yeah. earlier in the episode? Fonzie used to walk over to a jukebox and like bang it with his 
fist and music would start playing if nobody ever saw Happy Days. The music that's playing in the background at the end and also when Kelly's serving customers is Sisters Are Doing It For Themselves by the British pop duo Eurythmics and Aretha Franklin from 1985. It's a modern feminist anthem. And we end the episode with Kelly having what seems like just another night at work. Everything's going great. She gives a guy his bill. She collects tips off the table. And she sits at the counter with a fistful of bills, man. And things look like they're looking up for Kelly at this point. And the guy was smiling. Yeah. So clearly he, you know, wasn't displeased. And she has dollars for tips now instead of nickels. Yeah. And it was at this point in in my life as a kid, I was uh, 13 right now, and I remember looking at Kelly during this moment, and really the whole thing, but uh, I remember for some reason more this moment when things got quiet, she just handed the thing and walked over, and, and I remember looking at her and feeling like, like I said in the last episode, like I realized I love her. And it was like a weird thing, like this weird connection just... It hit you. It just hit me, like, I, I love this this person here. Like, if I ever met her, I would get as choked up now as I would have for the last 27 years. And, and when you watch, when you rewatch these episodes, does it come back, like that nostalgia, does it does it hit you? Oh, yeah. Like, that same feeling hit me again, yeah. Yeah, there, there, there are certain times, like, cer- certain shows can do that. Uh, and then there are other times where it doesn't always work that way, you know? Like, you just, you can't seem to connect with all of them like, like you used to, you can't recapture you know? it, yeah. I know one of the, one of the big ones for me was always, uh, it used to, it just brings me right back and seeing old episodes of The Simpsons, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a tough one, though, because when I watched The Simpsons, it was basically in syndication at that point. So we were talking about, you know, seeing episodes out of order with this show. For me, it was much like that with The Simpsons, so I can't really pinpoint it with seasons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. With with particular seasons at certain times, but it, it always takes me back to when I was younger, um, watching, you know, the Mr. Plow episodes yeah. and stuff like that. And it just brings me right back, and, and that's, one of the, that's one of the strong ones. And it was weird because I got that feeling today, too, watching this. This episode's classic in so many ways that uh, for some reason watching it, and it just brought me back to when I did uh, catch a show back right? in the day. This episode in particular is weird. Well, and it's not something that I don't I wouldn't necessarily maybe even think of if I didn't do this show, but for some reason today while watching it, it brought me right back and I was like mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, I remember like what it was like being that age watching these episodes and how great it was, you know? So great. This is a highlight. Um, I remember as I was um, taking notes for this, I remember one of the first things... Oh, I paused it when Kelly was blowing the, the straw wrappers off <laughs> the straws. And okay. I remember looking up at the screen and just knowing, like, wow, this is why I do this. Mm-hmm. Like, th- just like we said plenty of times, the, it's a Bundy full life. This episode is one of the main reasons I would even consider doing this podcast. These are time capsules. Right? Exactly. They are. And you're reliving. It's it's almost like um, having great memories with old friends. Mm-hmm. But all we can do is think about things, and they're so vague, and you're missing so much. All you could do is capture certain frames of images in your mind, and that's it, really, as far as it goes. 
But these are memories in other ways that we live in our mind. It, it also reminds me of Total Recall, like the whole thing about the vacation is implanted into your mind. You didn't really do it or anything like that, but you have the memory of the vacation. And I guess maybe you lived it out in the seconds that they were doing it. Maybe it felt like you, you felt the true walkthrough of it. Or I don't know how that movie was really supposed to work, but... <laughs> with this, it's kind of like that's what we did when we watched these shows. Like we lived this out with these characters, but we didn't. We weren't really there. Right. So the difference is like with the memories of only capturing certain frames of images of our past. This you actually get to walk through it again. Walk through it. Yep. Where your mind traveled through twenty five years ago. Right. And it's fascinating that what it it the messages it sends and what it triggers and, and remembers and it remembers feelings you felt at the time your brain could remember that it's somewhere in there right and if you explain music could do that to you too and things like that and mm -hmm. this did it how many mice are we gonna try to work out of the deep fryer out of five for this episode dan oh man well, I almost feel like I have to go with, with whatever I go with. There also has to be a half attached to it. <laughs> you still want half a mouse in there so you can serve your Cajun fries? <laughs> no, um, I really did enjoy it, though. Um, man, it, it's between. Yeah, I got to go four and a half just because of the half a mouse that's stuck in the fryer. And I really enjoyed it. Like you said, though, there were clunkers. There were definitely things that yeah. brought it down for me, but nothing crazy. Nothing, nothing over the top bad. I thought the Jefferson stuff, I, I, th that's got to be one of my favorites. That was so great the way they did that. It's just, it's just fun to see. Um, again, definitely a Kelly centric episode. I love that. I forget his name already. That dude in it. Brian Dola Murray. Yeah, like he's great in everything. He's in so many movies. It's just he's like uh, Richard Really in a lot of ways. Really? Yeah, like he's, <laughs> he's just one of those guys. <laughs> I'm a jerk. Just ignore he's just one of those guys. He's just in everything. So, uh, yeah, like uh, 4.5. Four and a half. Nice, man. Yeah. Here we are. The rating we've been waiting for for seven seasons. Jamie, how many mice are you going to try to work out of the deep fryer out of five for this episode? Okay, here's the thing. There's a lot going on around in my head for this. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. My microphone keeps falling. Um, it's that stripper at the horsey nudie bar. <laughs> which is just weird. <laughs> um, I love Kelly. I love Al. I love them in this, even though he's not in it very much. You even love Marcy in this. Right. You know what I, what I figured out <laughs> while we were talking about this episode is I, I, I think I put my finger on what it feels like to me. It feels like a pilot episode for a spinoff. Oh, like Kelly's spinoff? Yes. Now, were there ever plans to spin Kelly off because... That's exactly what it feels like to me. Like they're about mm. to, like they were trying to push her out of the nest and maybe they decided not to do it. And maybe they are, uh, and clearly they didn't, but <laughs> to me, it just feels like a, a send off episode or the beginning of something else. Hmm. Um, it's really weird. It doesn't, it could, doesn't fit. I mean, it's, 
full of lies because she's had a bunch of jobs before and we all know that. So it's it's weird. Even the title is a lie. Well, yeah. <laughs> and at the time, I mean, yeah, that's clearly strictly to uh, tie it in with the movie. And that, 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 but that, why? If it were going to be a spinoff episode, like a spinoff pilot, then that would actually give it a point. Other than that, I don't even see the point of it. But, I mean, it just feels very random, I guess, is what I'm saying. But I still do think it's very funny, and I still think there's a lot of good stuff about it. It's not that I didn't like it. It's just that it's weird. Like, it feels odd. It doesn't sit right. There's something bizarre about it. Was it better than Top of the Heap, though? Oh, God, yes. Oh, come on. I mean, the... Is you could do a show about the dead mouse and the fry basket, and it would be better than Top of the Heat. Right. So, um, um, and speaking of those mice and the fry baskets, I'm going to try to clean out four. I think. Oh wow, that's good. I do really like it. I think it's very funny. I think it has some great stuff, but that one point is just because the whole thing feels weird to me. Like it, I don't know. It just. There's something bizarre about it, but I do really like it. Yeah, um, I guess you would expect, especially because the way it ends off, it does seem like it's going somewhere. And from now on, we're going to see, like the way we saw Al in the shoe store, we're going to start seeing Kelly here. Uh, Of course, we're not going to see Brian Doyle Murray (laughs) do this all the time, (laughs) but... um, like I said, I never really watched these in order or anything. I never watched like a full season in a row or anything. I mean, I probably did once or twice, but nothing on purpose. And uh, I gotta say, I don't really recall seeing Kelly in here again. I'm, I'm sure it's referenced. I'm sure she comes home in that outfit and stuff like that. But I don't think it's made that big a deal out of. I think they just it's a it's sort of more or less a one off, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's made a big a deal as Verminator was probably, mm-hmm. which is almost nothing, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. So I see that, um, but I don't think that far ahead as I'm watching this one episode. So based on everything you, you're saying, you're completely right. Mm. But I guess it's not going to, and it didn't affect yours, obviously, but it's not going to affect my rating and it's not going to affect how I feel because... Um, I guess I just don't expect it to do anything at this point. And, you know, I guess I would have been disappointed back then or I was or I don't remember. But um, so, yeah, this episode is just full of it has classic Bundy in the beginning with the water and them drinking this chunky brown water. And then (laughs) Al's great story on the couch about the horse and the cow and everything and his delivery and Kelly's scream and her getting a job. Brian Doyle Murray in this episode and almost mm-hmm. everything he does is gold, except for, like, the butter on me joke. <laughs> right. And I think there was one more just okay joke. But it was great having him there. Kelly killed it in this episode in her whole montage. Love that montage. Ah, oh, yeah, just amazing. And it's just an iconic episode. Like, it, it's one, again, I mentioned a couple times on the show that you'll never forget. We could be in season 11, and I'll say, remember the episode where Kelly was a waitress, a burger waitress? And you'll say yes. Mm-hmm. Instantly. It's just one of those episodes. And um, it's just uh, visually iconic, too. 
just the imagery. And it's just uh, great. Yeah, there's there's clunkers in here. I would say there's about four to five bad jokes. I think we pointed them all out. So for that, uh, I'll give this a, a... I'll try to work four and a half mice out of this deep fry. So I could leave a half a mouse and sell Cajun fry. <laughs> it would have got a five if the writing was a little stronger at these little points here and there. But in my mind, it's a five. I'll, I'll always want to watch this one again, you know? Yeah. So I I loved it just as much as I did when I was a kid. So even though I, I have to be more critical here, but I still do. Right. So, yeah, that was great. So glad that we did this one. I always wanted to talk about this episode. It's always a great time. Yeah, that was fun, man. That was a good one. Yep. So tune in next week as we review Rock of Ages. When Al wins a trip to Hawaii, he poses as an aging rock star to get into the first-class lounge. Inside the airport lounge, he meets rock heroes Spencer Davis, Richie Havens, Robbie Krager, Mark Lindsay, Peter No One, and John Sebastian. Mistaking him for a fellow rocker, the musicians convince Al to perform with them at a benefit. I could tell what kind of episode this is going to be. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> exactly. Oh, boy. Well, let's see how they pull this off. <laughs> <laughs>